Hey, man. You know, I, uh, I, I, first, first, I guess everybody, welcome to episode 62, our uh, uh, old beer cellaring episode, uh, not to be confused with our old beer tasting episode, uh, although we will be drinking some old beer tonight, uh, maybe not quite as old as, uh, you know, the late 90s, but um, I was watching that intro, and man, I, I think, uh, I don't know if the Rosses are, are going to tune in or listen to this, but I think we need to, I think we need to reshoot it. My, my beard looks so much better these days oh. when we shot that i got it i got it trimmed yeah. you know professionally and <clears throat> so you're getting you need to you need to kind of like step up to that jordan level yet though i think uh yeah i don't see i don't see enough like streaky you know I got early two. aging there's, there's like one two. right here and like one over here yeah okay <laughs> i mean it's it blends in i mean it looks nice you you, you know I, I i i envy you and your mustache so for those of us that can't grow it, I don't. I don't have a chin strap by choice. <laughs> it's, it's genetics. But you know, I did. I, you know, said that. I, I, I last time I got a haircut, I had him do a trim. And man, it just it felt nice. It's nice. I agree. So, Everybody, yeah. go get your beard trimmed. If you don't so have, have one, somebody do it. Yeah, grow it. <laughs> yeah. So, no Jordan tonight. Maybe later. Um, not really sure what's going on. We haven't got all the details yet. It just seemed like he was, he might've been a little bit busy, probably playing dad. Um, but if he hops on, cool. If not, then it's just two of us. Or if anybody else you wants to I. join us and jump in, you and I. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put this in chat too, but if anybody's feeling brave and wants to, to hop on and, and talk, uh, cellaring and an old beer and an aging beer and all that good stuff let's uh feel free to put something in in the chat and we'll figure yeah. some way to get a hold of you so i want to preface this show we've done we, we've done shows in the past where we we talk about a topic we've done or a style where we do research or or we know from experience or or even where we do we try to bullshit, you know, like the first cider show. We didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. Um, <laughs> and 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 when I came up with this this idea, this is not one of those shows. Um, I think I personally have fallen into the trap that a lot of homebrewers uh, have fallen into of just cellaring. Uh, you know, old beer, old stouts, old sours. I got you know, I got a you know, rare. I should say rare stouts, rare sours. I gotta I gotta put them in my basement and I gotta hoard them and, and treasure them and keep them and years later i'm sitting here with all this beer and i like have no idea why um and, and so that's really what i want to talk about tonight is just that misconception of you know does cellaring make beer better you know do brewers want you to cellar your beer you know a lot of them don't uh a lot of them even say right on it drink fresh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know a lot of stouts um so we do have some old beers to drink through and taste um I went pretty deep in my cellar. I think you did too. Um, but uh, not my choice. Not... I mean, I'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is this is not. Uh, we're we are not laying down the law. This is something I'm, I'm interested in. I'm actually taking notes on what we've talked about. Maybe what what we get from uh, you know where this this journey takes us tonight, and what people say in the comments. Because I'm actually thinking about this would be a good um, topic for a future homebrew presentation. Yeah, I think I, I mean, could see that we could write. Uh, so 
So why? What did you just mention about you? Well, first, what are you drinking? What did you just crack and pour? I just cracked a 2014 Black Note. Nice. So, um, of the of the drinkable beer that I have downstairs, that's probably um, about as as old as I've got, and it's probably older than what I would want to have. Um, yeah, I. So back to what I was saying earlier, just a little bit. I when I first started getting into beer, um, and I'm still like this to this day, I, I like nothing more than to share beer that I have with other people. When I buy beer, especially if it's, um, you know, something more rare or expensive or something like, I don't really want to drink that all by myself. I want to have other people have that with me. Um, and so, when I first started getting into beer, like not, not even getting into, you know, buying like, you know, the crazy shit, like, um, well, the crazy stuff that you can find locally, you know, BCBS and Black Note and Barrel Aged Expo and stuff like that. But just like fun, weird shorts beers or, you know, or something like that. I, I would buy packs at a time and, and uh, shove one or two aside. And um, a lot of friends that knew me back probably, you know, eight to 10 years ago probably remember me showing up at you know parties with a a case or two of beer and just like setting up like you know tastings like in in no (laughs) no particular uh uh uh, style uh i would just bring you know a case of beer and be like let's drink um because it's all been stuff that i you know was sure that other people haven't had before and stuff like that and and people really liked that. And so I was like, well, you know, as I got better <clears throat> jobs and had a little bit more disposable income, I would start buying, you know, a little bit more of that beer and, you know, squirrel it away somewhere. And it got to be to the point where I'm not sharing the beer as quickly as I'm buying the beer. Yep. And so, you know, soon enough, I have, you know, 10 cases of like random stouts and sours and whatever sitting downstairs that. Um, I, I literally, I don't want to drink by myself because I want to share them with other people, but I can't, you know, go and see other people often enough to want to open up all these beers. And the the cycle just kind of continued for a while until I actually like thought about it. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I, and, and well, and part of it too, is like, as you become better home brewers, um, and, and granted barrel aged beers is a little bit, you know, harder than. Uh, racking out like you know a, a I don't know a, a best bitter or something but um or it's getting to the point where we can make beer you know as good as this honestly you know I I don't think that um you know expedition stout or, or black note are are anything special they're very good but I've had homebrewed stouts that are just as good um yeah you know so um, I, I was like, why don't I just invest my money into uh, learning how to make better beer instead of, you know, buying somebody else's and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I'm with you, man. You know, I, the, I, I still think like the best cellared aged beer that I ever, I've ever had in my, you know, experience has been, um, you know, the last bottle of black feather that I made you know, four years ago or five years ago. And, and, and it was, I think at the time, you know, three or four years old. And I think I got to share that with some guys at the club. I, I think we brought it in. You, mm-hmm. you got to try it. Um, and that was, and you're right. Like I made that, <clears throat> I enjoyed it way more than 
uh, I enjoy KBS or and nothing against KBS. KBS is good, but there's just more that goes into that. You know, the, the love factor, right? Uh, I made it with extra love. Um, and, it, and it was, it was amazing. And as a home brewer, I've got all these shelves in my basement full of, of somebody else's beer. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> and I look back at it and, and I, I, I do see the, just the, the, the inexperience and the, I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing. Like when it started, and I'm actually scrolling through, I'm looking over here because I'm scrolling through my photos trying to find um, some of my old uh, KBS halls. Um, but I used to, you know, I, I felt like it was it was the thing that everybody was doing. You know, there was this hype out. KBS was coming once a year. You know, it was KBS week. We would like take the day off. We would go run around Kalamazoo. You try to, mm -hmm. you know, even the week before, I, I remember... Uh, you know, like negotiating with shop owners to try to get, you know, uh, <laughs> allocations and shit. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's just like, and I, I look back now and it's like, why was I doing that? Um, especially, you know, just to call it out again, nothing against founders. Uh, KBS is a flavored beer. It's artificially flavored. It's like, there's really nothing... Uh, it's going to age. I mean, I think founders clearly says on some of their bottles, like, don't like drink this. Um, they've aged it, uh, you know, in their cellars and their barrels, and then they bottle it when it's ready to be drank. So why are we, uh, you know, why are we keeping it? Why do I have uh, cases and cases of KBS going back to 2015? And I've never opened them. And um and so that's the other reason why I want to have this show is I want to actually start the night out opening a four-year vertical at KBS instead oh, of getting drunk on a show uh, and then running down to my basement mid-show to grab, you know, three KBSs and just watching the night go uh, completely off. So I'm going to actually get these all poured. Oh, you're actually drinking so, them all side by side like that? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a four-year vertical. By my, well, so this again, like I said, I've always kept these to share with people. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've had, I've had this one four pack like set out of my collection and, and like moved around multiple times for various parties um, where I had people over and we never got to open it. We never got around to opening them or, you know, because of COVID, I delayed the party or whatever. So I'm just tired. I think this is a cursed four pack. I'm opening the whole goddamn thing. Um, and, and I'm going to sample them. I'm not saying I'm going to get through them all, Brandon. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I've got a 15, 16, 17, and 18. So we're gonna I'm gonna get these organized. But I, I guess it, just to go back to like what I was saying is I, I don't really know if I understood at the time like why I was doing this. And I agree. You know why I was doing this is because I joined a couple of face uh, groups on Facebook and other people were doing this. And uh, and and that's I I thought that that's what you are supposed to do like when you're really into like craft beer like you I and and I and I sort of get it like uh, I've been to beer shares before and you don't want to be the guy showing up to the beer share with like your homebrewed Oktoberfest or something like that when people are opening up bottles of you know beer that can go for you know five hundred six hundred thousand dollars on the secondary market which is a whole nother topic of yeah. bullshit but um and, and so i get that um i i would never have been able to try beer barrel time probably 
um, if I didn't have somebody that, you know, traded for these rare beers and collected these beers and stuff. Um, and, and to be quite honest, that's the only beer that I've ever had that I feel is worth like whatever their retail is. I think it's like 50 bucks a, a bottle or something. Um, it's, it's a, you know, carefully blended stout, you know, uh, made, made to the brewers sort of tastes for that particular year. Um, it's there's art, you know, put into it. It's not just like I brewed this big fucking stout and threw it in a barrel. We'll see what happens. It's I brewed these 12 different stouts, you know, throughout the year plus and blended, you know, 15% of that and 8% of this and 30% of that. And, and you're getting right. something that's, that's crafted. But, but that's, that's, that's what, that's like one of my arguments that I'm trying to, to, to fight here is, um, you know, these people like, like found, even founders of KBS or Dogfish with Worldwide or, 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 or the one, I'm sorry, um, Irentine. Which one did you just, were you talking about? Oh, beer barrel, beer barrel time. Yeah. Beer barrel time. That's right. I don't, I, I'm actually not familiar with that one, but they, they, it's, it sounds like it's a blended beer, right? It's an aged beer. It's been put together to be this thing, you know, to drink it. Then, you know, it's, sure. it's already been yep. aged and, you yep. know, you know, founders pulled this batch of KBS back in the day before it became a year round thing. Founders pulled it when they were ready. They thought it was ready. You know, Larry pulled, you know, that barrel aged expedition stout when, when it was ready and, or they you know, they, they got it to that point where they wanted it to drink, be drank. Um, when you let it sit in your cellar, uh, especially, you know, we'll get into to how to sell her, I think later, maybe even, oh, yeah, sure. um, you know, because people just think like, oh, I just threw it in the basement. Well, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot about temperature control, like I said, whatever. Um, but, but you just throw this beer in your cellar, you're kind of, I think, missing out on what that craft brewer was going for, you know, in that blend and, and, you know, getting that beer ready for it. And, and Brian, like we tasted, right. We've gone back and tried 26 year old expedition style, you know, and it was shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that brewing you, practices like, were the same back then as they are now too. No, but I just opened my other thing that I, I, I didn't say this already, but earlier I opened a five-year-old worldwide style. Right, start the night out with an eighteen percent. Um, it's good, but it is not anything close. Like when 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 I drank this, when I bought the case that I have uh, of this beer, you know, five years ago, it was amazing. Like it blew my mind how good this stout was. And this now it's five years old, and it's just it's, okay. I you know, I so. feel like and and, and I don't think. I don't think it's in my head. I feel like whenever I drink a little bit of an older, um, like barrel aged beer, it always is just a little bit more, I don't want to say tart, but it's almost as if, um, there's a, there's more of a thinness to it than, than, than I remember drinking when it's fresh, uh, like drinking this black note right now. Like it's, it's really good. Um, but I had, you know, very fresh barrel aged dagger stout at all stouts day this year. And it was like, it blows this out of the water and they don't even bottle that beer or advertise it or anything. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a beer and it was, it was, it was excellent. So, you know, maybe it's a recipe thing. Maybe it's a, an aging thing, but um, yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I totally agree. Uh, not to mention, you know, and, and again, I think that, uh, beer trading is, I don't want to say important, but I, I appreciate people that do it to a point that allow people to like me to taste things once to at least, I think it's worth tasting everything once if you can, um, you, you need to know what's out there kind of like, uh, and, and part of that is, has been me, uh, experiencing how overhyped a lot of beers are, um, you know, for the most part, like I, I don't know. There, oh, there, I, I, there's, I, there's no beer out there that that would be worth paying, you know, two hundred dollars to drink a bottle of or something. I just don't think it's worth it. I no, never no. a flavor. Um, it depends on if it depends on why you're drinking it, though. I can understand if you want that memory or that experience. Um, it's like gambling. Gambling is not a a form of income, right? It's a form of entertainment. Um, buying a really nice bottle of beer that you may not have again for the entertainment or for the, you know, memory or the, or whatever of having it. Sure. You know, if that's what you got to do, but I, uh, I feel like beyond that, um, yeah, I don't know. I I I have strong feelings on it one way or another. I mean, I want people to do what they want to do with their money Mm -hmm. and have fun with it. But but I I used to be there, and uh, this isn't by any means. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not being derogatory to anybody. There's different things. I I've been in those groups. You know, I'm I'm in those Facebook groups, and um, you know, you have those people that are doing the bottle shares, and they're looking for the really rare, and um, and you know, and I I get that. You know, and I, I remember being that young young younger kid showing up uh young to the brew scene um you know with with something and getting laughed at because i had a shelfie you know and i didn't realize i I thought i bought a really good beer but i wasn't you know it wasn't uh you know a a four-year-old dark lord or or whatever Mm -hmm. um speaking of honestly there you know the the biggest overhyped beer i've ever tried in my life you know i i I like bartered and bargained. Uh, I was in search of this Dark Lord bottle, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think at the time I got it, it was two back in the day. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I opened up absolute worst beer I've ever had in my life. Um, outside of like some crazy homebrew shit, let's let's set that aside. But but you know, for 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 a bottle that I opened, uh, and I was actually sitting with a, a, another person. I won't name. I don't want to embarrass him. But I was sitting with like a highly respected uh, beer tasting person in the, in the industry. And we both took a, 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 a tiny little snifter of it and then set that bottle down and never touched it again. Uh, and wound <laughs> up dumping it the next day, uh, because it was just sickly, sweet, greasy oil. Um, it's just, it was disgusting. And, but people get hyped up. Oh, it's dark glory day. You got to stand, you got to buy tickets, you know, a month in advance. You got to stand in line for hours, but I think more fun comes from standing in line in the bottle shares that happen waiting to buy the stand beer sure. from the beer itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah Brandon, Brandon, <clears throat> I, I saw some of those posts too, like in the Kalamazoo yeah. um, beer enthusiast group. Uh, crazy, craziness. Yeah. So, I mean, and Glatz, Glatz calls it out too. And I was going to get to this in a second. Um, you know, you can, you can miss a beer's peak by salary. Uh, uh, and expedition style, we did have some that was a couple years old, and I absolutely agree. I like it to mellow out. Um, 
But what I would say here is there's definitely an age. Like if I were to recommend to anybody, I would say three years would probably be my absolute top. You know, I'm going back to, what is it, six years on my KBS? 16 is junk and it's getting slightly better every year that I go up. <laughs> yeah, I, I again, I, I don't want this whole conversation to be like, you know, don't fucking store your beer and, you know, come back to it later. No. Um, I, I, 100% agree. Like Russian Imperial Stouts, uh, I just created a recipe that we're brewing for a 55-gallon barrel, and it has a fuck ton of hops in it. Um, and it, it definitely needs to be, um, you know, aged for a little bit for that to, you know, mellow off some. But um, it, it's not going to be a better beer, you know, necessarily as, as time goes on uh, always. It may just be a different beer. And, uh, and different isn't yeah. bad. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different experience. Maybe it's uh, more bitter in the beginning and that's fun and more balanced six months later. And then, you know, maybe more, more sweet, or maybe you, uh, you get like a, just a hint of like sherry or something like that after three years from, from the oxygen. And, and that adds like a fun aspect to it. I mean, it's fine. It's fun. But I guess my advice would be if you do, if you are salarying it, try it. Um, you know, get enough that you're trying it every year. Don't just, you know, my uh, my my initial goal with this KBS, right, was I think I had collected a case a year and I wanted to get a four-year vertical, which is what I have. Um, and I, I, was, I was planning actually on giving it out as gifts. Um, you know, so I was gonna, I, I had this full case of 16, 17, 18, uh, and I was going to package it up and pass it out to my friends. You know, here's a, a four-year vertical at KBS. Um, but then right around that time, I think it was in 19, that founders went year-round with KBS. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it wasn't special anymore. It wasn't, it, it, you know, the, 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 the coolness factor of it kind of wore off. And I got discouraged. And then I just walked away from it and let it sit for another three years. So now I have four cases of really old KBS. Um, that I think has definitely gone off beyond its prime. So <clears throat> KBS, it's coffee stout. Coffee flavoring uh, over time can turn into pepper. Mm -hmm. um, and I think 16 tastes like cardboard and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I didn't try it. You know, like I should have been trying this beer every, every, every year. So I, I, that would be my advice. I think if you go, if you're going to go and you're going to, you're going to sell her some of this stuff either get enough that you're going to you're going to be able to break into it or or make it a point to break into it and have those shares and have those 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 things i think things go you know over over that three four year mark uh, on the stout side of it anyway um i think that's good yeah i think i think saying having a goal in mind is that's yeah that's solid advice have a plan so that's a good one <laughs> uh, if you're going to sell her, have like a plan I have a 2017 so, KBS that I'm going to open in a bit here. I'm, you know, so I'm going through these. Um, I, I, I would say I don't notice the 16 is cardboard and pepper, and, and I feel like it's pepper, and it, it gets slightly better, uh, newer, but it's, it's yeah, it's just not as good as it was. So Like my Czech Pills pepper? 
No, you know, so your Czech bell pepper, what they, what I tasted and what I think everybody else got, they were like green bell pepper, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Green, and I think the guys on uh, brewing network talked about it too, like not quite vegetal, but kind of that green bell pepper, Fr- freshly chopped green bell pepper. Right. <laughs> and this is more of a, um, a weird peppercorn, maybe kind of. Okay. Um, flavor yeah it's not great the worldwide you know for being a, a so the, the oldest kbs i have or no the oldest kbs i have is 15 and the worldwide i have is 16 um so the the five-year-old worldwide so i have um is uh is still it's still good beer it's just not as bright and it's not as rich i think like you mentioned earlier kind of thinned out um but worldwide doesn't have any coffee in it so i'm not getting that off flavor it's still got a good still good stout let's uh i want to move on to a slightly related um topic what what are your feelings on aging wine and mead (laughs) oh no yeah i didn't want to get into that um what uh so again, here's my story, and, and I'm, I'll, it's embarrassing as it may be, but when I was 21, like, and I, I'm in my first house with my wife, and and we started trying wine and, and learning about what we liked and what we wanted, we found out that it was pretty much semi-sweet whites is where at that age, that's what I was into. And I just was like grabbing up all of these semi-sweet whites that I liked, and I started seller in them too uh again not doing any research to you know learn learn six years later that you're not supposed to sell her any whites at all (laughs) (laughs) but um but no i think i think wine uh wine and mead are are a totally different beast um i i don't know how much the carbonation comes into play with beer and 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 you know because beer is a carbonated product um, it's, it's got more pressure in that bottle. Um, and, and so it's doing weird things to that cap and, um, and, and it's, it's just a different chemical makeup, right? The barley, mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that, you know, it's in the hops. And, and so you've got multiple ingredients there that are doing different things over time where wines, typically the ones that you should be aging are, are, are pretty much mono ingredient, right? They're that variety of grape. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a blend, but most typically it's going to be that variety of grape, you know, aged out. It's already been aged to a certain point before it's bottled. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm hearing the same thing from people that keep wine. Like, oh, you know, this, this 17 was really good when I drank it and I kept it for five years and it wasn't. I So... I think you're running into the same thing. I think wine ha- wine and mead have a longer lifespan because of the uh, the types of ingredients that are in them. And, uh, they're typically sulfated like, too. Yeah, right. So they're stabilized. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then the lack of carbonation. I would be interested to ask maybe Gail. Maybe we'll, you know, we're going to see Gail this weekend. So maybe mm-hmm. we can talk to her about it. Um, I would be interested to see when aging meads if traditional meads, you know, age fine, or no, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming an answer already. Uh, 
I would be curious to see if fruited meads, melomels, um, or, or some of the other kinds age out as well as traditionals. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't have any really old melomels, um, nor do I want to, you know, fess up for a, you know, 2018 Shrams Black Agnes or something for like a hundred dollars, but, um, what we'll get there. I'll get there. But yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Okay. I mean, I, I've had, um, I, I remember a beer fest probably four, four years ago, three, four years ago, uh, or three, four beer fests ago, I should say, <laughs> um, where, uh, uh, Lucas, one of the members from Red, Red Ledge Boomhauer, um, he was walking around with like a cooler with 20 plus year old me's. I, but from what I remember, I thought they were traditional and he was sharing around and they were, they were amazing. You know, there were some just really, um, but there were so many other things going on there. And if I get this wrong, if Lucas ever sees this, I apologize, but I, I want to say it was like me that his dad had made, you know, or, or, an mm -hmm. uncle or, or, or some relative that was no longer with us. And, you know, so there was there was the the sentimentality behind it and the story, and that you know he he found it or like this was the last bottle of the last mead that this guy ever made. Mm -hmm. or something. I don't I don't remember. There was a lot more to it that probably made it taste even more special, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, your your dad's dying Melamel was such shit. Like, yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah. But again, you loop back into that that homebrew aspect of it, right? Which has has that love ingredient that mm -hmm. that that specialness to it versus uh you know oh this is the 2015 kbs that i drove to 16 stores in kalamazoo for and um you know or, or that you know beer that i sat in line out outside of i don't know, i i did I, you know i've done a couple of uh, crazy beer road trips in my oh, life. Me too. There was, yeah there was you know I, I remember sitting out in in the snow with with uh uh al and and um trent and you know waiting for a store to open up buy beer you know so if i had beer from that day there'd probably be something special there uh you know that would make it hold up or last um, you had a very special uh double the daily serving uh on last week's episode at the end of there <laughs> i don't know if you remember it or not <laughs> i do I, I cried a little bit because the next day i got up that was the last beer we finished the night of uh, and uh and, and half of it was sitting on my desk last morning. <laughs> so again, that beer, you know, we, that was in my middle of COVID. Me and John Sutton took off for Boston. Um, so that beer was only a year old. Uh, had this amazing uh, experience in Boston sitting outside at Trillium because, you know, COVID, everybody was outside. And, uh, and, and drinking this amazing, I don't even call that a beer. It's just fermented raspberry juice. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. And that was the last can, and uh, and I got wasted on seltzer, and then opened it on air. Sweet. So, at least it's memorialized in film. Uh, it is. <laughs> so that uh, the episode is four hours long. Uh, the podcast <laughs> is out. If you have nothing to do on a road trip, I think that's enough to get you to you know. What's what's four hours away from here? Can you get, can you get Indianapolis? Four hours? Yeah, okay. No, that's ten hours. Oh. Uh, yeah, but um, but no, I, I think I think wine is treated differently, meats treated differently. Like you said, they're sulfited, um, their 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 ingredients are different. I think it's different than beer. Um, but now I'll take that one step further. So 
one of the questions I had come up with earlier is like, what to seller? Um, now we all know stouts. So that's that's what we've got here on the table. Um, I will admit to getting actually angry with with companies that like barrel age IPAs. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you have, have you have you cellared any anything besides a stout? Um, um, stouts, sours, um, we heavy. Uh, I have a wee heavy downstairs. Um, and anything with with high alcohol that's not really dependent on hops. Um, I think sellers really well. Barley wines. Um, in fact, I don't know if Gary's watching, but I think that um, Gary just opened a uh, a barrel aged barley wine that Jordan Drew and I made. Um, couldn't even tell you when, how many years ago. We got a fifteen gallon journeyman barrel. And uh, and we made a a barley wine to put in it, and I'd, that might have been that might have been the first thing to go through that barrel. So yeah, but he said it was really good, and him and his son enjoyed it. Brian's saying only big brew too, so yep. yeah, I'm I'm pretty it's much tough. there. But sours, I think, like age really well, like uh, low ABV, highly carbed, like sour beer. Um, I, I would agree. I, I think sours. So what I said earlier, um, you know, I, I think stouts you should try regularly and probably cap out at like that three-year mark. I think sours are the the exception and in, in beer. That is, I, I feel like there's some sours that could go very old. Um, mm-hmm. Sours, I, I, I almost kind of consider those along the same lines as some wines and stuff. Um, again, it's, it's the different bacteria in there. But I would also caution, right? Um, be very careful about what you're going to age with a sour because sometimes, um, sometimes with sours, there's still active bugs in there, and uh, you, you know you think you can run the risk of bottle bombs or <laughs> uh, you know uh, shit going around. But yeah, sours like Brian just said again, um, Brian Blear, uh, sours are interesting and they change. Um, it's that's true. Like they're just they're weird, um, and and I think. I think sours go through a different flavor profile change as they cycle. <laughs> Brian just said the same thing. Yes. Um, as they cycle, and and you know, I don't know if it's because of of you know if there's still funkiness going on, or or if it's just the life cycle. You know, like this bacteria has died off or aged out differently. Um, I've tried some really old sours uh, that have held up very very well, especially like in the Lambic family. Um, yeah, some Brett Brett's a slow worker, uh, like yep. he's saying. Um, some of the bacteria, like <clears throat> Pediococcus and Lactobacillus, um, can be slow workers as well, and have they're very tolerant and very um, very happy to live for a long time in not so ideal environments, and uh, and they can do slow work, and it's not really a hundred percent. It's probably not even close to like you know twenty percent understood what these things are doing over very very long periods of time. It's so the the, the interactions are are so complex and they're so slow um, that we probably just don't have the data really to 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 understand. Which is why I think that there's so much you know art to sour beer. Um, it's not it's not so much you're you're aiming for this particular blend of hops to make it taste like grapefruit and citrus it's you're sort of 
you know, taking a base and some bugs that, you know, sort of kind of taste like something and just seeing what comes of it, you know, over, you know, the course of a year or two and afterwards, maybe taking it and blending it or taking it and adding fruit or taking it and adding spices, um, carbonating it to different levels, you know, all sorts of other things that you don't see with, um, most other styles of beer. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think I, that, that makes him a good aging candidate. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, as a home brewer, I think you have a lot more control there. Right. And, 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 uh, and I, I think there's a lot the, the, the souring and as a home brewer is much better to seller. Um, you know, like you have your 10 kegs of various hours from various years and various styles. Right. And, and I really enjoyed that day that we got to. You didn't want to see Brian's basement. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got just a, probably a small selection of what he has. Uh, but um, it was fun to go through those and try them and see the different flavor profiles of, of what they had and, and talk about like how you could blend these together. And, um, you know, he, he said, like, he, he just popped up there, you know, he had a ropey sour that he put in a hot garage and then by spring it was amazing. I've had similar things with, uh, you know, I, I, I had a keg of looper that I lost in a hot garage for a year and at the end of it, you know, it was, it was still fucking solid and won medals. <laughs> and, um, you know, but so I, I think, I think it's funner. Like that's what I'm looking forward to and, and doing it actually with this shelf space. Uh, my goal is in the next few months is to clear out all of this old cellared stout that I have um find it all a good home uh and then i'm gonna start playing more with the sours and building up of course you know i, I think I, I i told brian and some other homebrew people i just came into like you know 14 new kegs so or 14 more kegs so mm -hmm. i'm gonna start uh, <laughs> you know building up a sour library uh, in my basement i think it's gonna be my next step but yeah cool Sours, I think um, it's, it's a lot more interesting what you can get out of that. And uh, I've even had, you know, I've, I've had a, a Lambic in my basement that I forgot about for a couple of years and a carboy um, and went back to it and was really impressed with what it did. And, and now I'm already thinking about, you know, how I can, well, let's add fruit and let's change this and let's, you know, what, what can I do to it to get something that's going to be interesting? And I'm still going to age it longer. All right, that's your opening seventeen. The, uh, yep, opening up the seventeen. All right, then that's seventeen. Let me, what, what, what? Let me tell you, or tell me your impression. So I've been letting this sit out for about an hour. Um, I'd say it's probably about forty-five, fifty degrees. Um, really low head dissipates super quickly. Not a lot on the. On the nose, chocolate, kind of like a, a rich dark chocolate. Um, yeah, a little oily smelling. Like I, I don't know if you said that, but it's more carbonated than the black note was. Um, I'm not sensitive to that green pepper taste, so if it is there, I'm lucky enough not to be able to taste it. I couldn't taste it on that check pills either. I don't know if I've really ever tasted green pepper and everything. <clears throat> um, yeah, more carbonated than the black note. It's more rich. 
has a more of a, a full body than that black note had. Um, I, I don't get any of the coffee anymore, but I don't get any of the green pepper either. So I'm not super sad about that. Yeah, I think it's good. I, I like this better than the 2014 black note. Really? Um, it's, it's a little more roasty too. Um, I think that the, I think that there's, there's more dark malt in there. It has just a little bit more of like an acrid tannic thing going on. Um, that balances out the sweetness a little bit better. Your headphones die. Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're still showing full charge, but they're, uh, they just decided to, the Bluetooth decided to disconnect, so I'm giving up. Okay. So, um, I still heard everything you said though. I just switched over my speakers, but yeah, I um, I feel like as I stepped up through the 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 the, the flight of KVS, the carbonation got better going forward. So I will agree with you. The 17 carbonation wasn't bad. The 18 was better. I'm sorry, the 15, 16. Oh, this is the 17. The 17 had carbonation still. The 15 did not have much carbonation at all. The 16 had a little bit. 17 had, it was okay. And the 18 had a little bit more. Brian's saying uh, it only takes half an hour to make a cup of curing coffee taste like green pepper. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I, that's what I get. So, yeah. Really? Um, yeah, I don't. People that like reheat coffee or drink cold coffee, um, I drink day old coffee all the time. You're an abomination. Am um, I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm getting it all through all of these. I, f I feel like taste like they've got that peppery undertone. It's, I wouldn't say it's like retro nasal. It's almost like right as you're swallowing is where I get it the most. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I've I've told Shana for the longest time that I'm not a very strong uh, taster. She's the one that that gets these notes. In fact, I don't, Shana, if you're listening, you want to come try some of this. She is not a particular fan of uh, barrel aged anything, but if she's gonna, if anybody's gonna taste green pepper, like she she'd be able to pick it out too. So we'll see. Oh, I think she's wearing like pajama pants, so maybe she doesn't even want to come in. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I so Brian says I drink plenty of cold coffee, but good coffee. I'm sure Brian does too. I uh here. Oh, she is coming. So um we split our coffee between probably Aldi and World Market in terms of what we uh what we buy for the most part and uh but but i'm a heathen i uh will make a full pot of coffee or like i don't know maybe like you know to, to the 10 mark or something like that drink half of it one day and then come back to it the next day and drink the rest and <laughs> I, I don't know so i will she, say she, go ahead i was just gonna say like um green pepper i i think it's it's the heat. It's the heat treatment of coffee. I think makes it react the most. Like, um, you know, I do cold brew coffee, and it's it's great. You know, day after day, uh, you know, whatever. It's it's fine. Um, 
time. Sorry, I'm trying to take care of some some maintenance here, real quick. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, we have we have a lot of local coffee. I um, so Shana's not drinking coffee anymore. Um, caffeine's not not sitting well with her, and so I'm I'm you know the caffeine guy in the house right now. And uh, maybe I, maybe I should be, um, you know, getting into to some of the better coffees again. I used to. I used to buy a whole bean and, and grind it myself at home and make my make myself, you know, fresh pots and stuff like that. Um, yes. I don't know why I, I, I have a, I think it's a, is, so Brian is, are the toddy, uh, is that the one with like the white container that sits on top of the jar yep. and you pour yeah. a little bit of water and a little bit of coffee and then more water, more coffee, more water, more coffee and let it sit for like a day. That's the toddy system. Yep. Yeah. I have yeah. one of those. That coffee's. Making it that way is so good. Wow. So every every year that we go to Homebrew Fest and take that keg of cold coffee, um, that's all that I make that with my toddy, uh, and and I, I I basically do that, you know, I, to make a, a keg of cold brew coffee, I'm doing like five pounds through my toddy. Uh, the week before Homebrew Fest, I'm like every day I'm doing a batch Jeez. of toddy and draining it into the keg and then you know, putting that under light pressure and, and putting it in a keyser and then doing it again the next day and the next day. Or actually this year, and I, I like, I like drain the toddy off, I think into a bunch of quart jars and I had quart jars and all the fridges in the house. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, toddy, toddy, the toddy cold brew system is the best, best way. But again, I think it's that, it's like you said, it's the heat, the heat treatment of coffee brings out those different tannins. Um, and, and I, and I don't know how, they're doing KBS. Like I said, it's a flavored stout, and I do know that they use some artificial flavors. I don't think it's the coffee. It might be the chocolate. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, for my uh, Colombian grind, my, my coffee stout, I do cold brew the coffee, but I put it in at the end of the boil um, or I add it to the wort at the end of the boil. So I think it's. Do gets, you really? Yeah. Hmm just to add that like flash sanitization and I'll tell you what it ages and it's shit. Um, <laughs> uh, in fact, I sent, I was out of shit to send to, I forget, maybe it was state this year. Yeah, it was, it was Michigan state uh, home festival. I was out of shit. And so I threw a, like a 2019 coffee stout in there just to see what they said. And, and they all came back and said, that's, that's old coffee beer. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> um, so no, I'm getting that. What did, I, I missed it. I, Cause I was trying to message Brian the link and try to get him on, but he says he doesn't have a cam set up, which you'll, you can jump on if you just want to do audio. Um, yeah. You don't need a cam. Though. But um, what did Shana say? Did she taste it? She did. She just said it tasted like old beer. Um, yeah. So like, I, I think she's more sensitive to, um, like the, uh, sort of like oxidized, uh, oxidized flavors, uh, cardboard, sherry. Um, some people get like, uh, weird, like a, a mild sweetness, uh, from oxidized beers and stuff. So, yeah. So I just, I'm just tucking into the 2016 black Knight. You had 2014. Yeah, I have a 2014. So I actually say carbonation is really good. 
uh, for this short pour that I got. Yeah, yeah, mine was nothing like that. And I've been doing hard pours of these beers too, just to get some head. Still smells good. So this is again five years. So I've got a five-year-old KBS, a five-year-old black stout, or black note, and a five-year-old worldwide stout. So far, the worldwide stout's the best. Um, but let me taste this black note. That might be a good name for a beer. I wonder if anybody has ever named their beer black stout. Like it's just like it's so like obvious that that maybe it doesn't actually exist. I get oxidation, like green apple almost on this one. Could be the bottle, right? Um, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> I know. I, I hate being that person too. So again, this is like, uh, so Black Note was one of my first um, forays into barrel-aged beer. I didn't really, I didn't really know it was a thing until I had one of those because again I've, i haven't been into craft beer like a, a super long time like you know i i was drinking 312 you know before uh before goose island sold out and stuff that was like you know craft beer that i was into you know back in the day and then you know slowly things got got more and more crazy and uh mike burns actually had some black note and that was i think that was the first barrel aged beer i had ever had and where was i going with this i don't remember <laughs> i legit don't remember where i was going with this uh i wish i could back up the show just to look listen to myself for a second i don't know um it's oh i think that's where i was going it's it's a good og barrel aged beer you know um but I think that there are are better ones these days. And Barrel Edge Expo, you know, is super good. And they've been doing variants on Black Note, like uh, Cafe Vanilla and um, maybe just Vanilla one year or two. Uh, I think I have some of those downstairs. But, um, yeah. uh, honestly, some of the some of the best Barrel Edge beer is like the the stuff that's made in smaller batches. I feel like, and this is something I kind of wanted to get into too. Um, and this isn't so much like a cellaring thing, maybe as as like a brewing thing, but this this might cycle back to why I think so much barrel aged homebrew stuff, if done right, tastes so much better. Um, I, I feel like the larger you scale in capacity, the, the more inconsistency you have, you know, and, and the more maybe that you you lose in terms of. Uh, nuance sure um, it, it just it starts tasting the same like this this black note sort of tastes like a uh like an older expedition stout that i had the other day not quite as bitter but very close you know no, and, I, I get what you're saying like you know the, the age or whatever can kind of homogenize um that too them. They're, they're, they all, I'll be honest with you, like a lot of these, if it wasn't for the black pepper, they're, they're tasting the same. Um, Which is good. I mean, if it's all the same recipe, you know, that's, that's, that's maybe for the best. It means yeah. that they still have their you know, shit together on a year to year basis. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just an advocate for brew your big fucking beer and 
and throw some, you know, soaked oak spirals into it and make yourself a really good, like homebrew. Like there, you're, you're, you're risking less oxygen without using a barrel. And that, and this, again, this is not uh, shitting on barrels or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, Brian's going right where I'm about to go. Um, you have so much more control. Uh, you don't, you're, you're not at the mercy of like infected barrels. Um, if your batch sucks, it's just five gallons. You can pitch it. Um, well, we're also can, not limited by laws and, and right. And, we can, we can fortify right. our beer. Yeah. Right. So we, we yep. can add bourbon right to it. Um, yep. you want we can add style? more spirals yeah. into it if we want. We can subtract spirals out, you know, if you're not using a barrel. Um, I use uh, wood honeycombs from Black Swan uh, Cooperage. Um, and they're awesome. They're amazing. Um, yeah. We, we have so many more advantages uh, on, on a homebrew scale in terms of like making good beer that professional brewers don't have. There's, there's, there's almost no excuse, really, to not not to try it. You know, yep. as long as you you have your your fundamentals down, I think that you can make something rivaling. Uh, you know, even some of the easily some of the most basic barrel aged stuff out there. No, absolutely. I think I think as a home brewer, I'm I'm, I'm definitely like I just said. I want to get rid of my cellar of craft produced you know commercially produced craft beers and i want to switch it over to start selling my homebrew that i have more control over that i can do those things with you know probably leaning more towards the sour but definitely get back into the bourbon barrel um you know i haven't done a barrel stout since you know 2018 or whatever when i the last time i blew, uh, brewed black feather to jump back on your black stout thing there are the closest there is technically no beer named black stout did you look at Untapped? <laughs> I looked at Untapped. There's uh, Mickler and Allagash have black, which is a stout. Okay. Okay. So it's technically black stout. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, if you want to name it black stout stout. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, wine, yeah, wine barrels. Uh, that I think is going to be my next thing. I passed up a 55 gallon. I'm sorry, I didn't pop this on here. Brian's saying like he, he won't buy any more whiskey barrels. He's probably going to buy well, wine barrels. Um, uh, they haven't been burned to shit. Uh, they're thicker. Mm -hmm. They're, um, I think, made for for more longevity. Um, my was a nice problem, sour later. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're great to sour. The problem with the wine barrels is they're, they're so big, you know, and, and on the homebrew scale, like I actually did talk to a venture. I'm trying to remember which one it was. There's a local guy around here that had like, uh, some 15 gallon wine barrels. And at one point I, I was like talking to him about getting some of those instead of like to do a 55 gallon wine barrel. And on the homebrew scale, if you're not Brian Vlier, that <laughs> crazy amounts of beer, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's tough to keep up to the with a 50, 55 gallon. But yeah, I'm trying to find a 15 gallon wine barrel. I, I forget which winery. It was a local winery I had somewhere around here. It might have been Lawton Ridge. Okay. Um, you could always uh, make your own wine too. 15 gallons of wine, age that. Then you have a wine, you know. A wine barrel and then you do something with that then you sour it yeah I, I mean 
so I have my, I have my, I have the 15 gallon uh, journeyman um, uh, bourbon barrel that I took and I had it steamed and you know, hmm. so it's, it's neutral, but it's got, it's, it's still got the char in it, but it's neutral. Um, had it steamed, but I want to sour that barrel. Um, but the wine, wine barrels themselves, I think are uh, again, not, not really charred, not really, uh, you know, so you, so you can kind of clean those out. Well, yeah, I mean, you can get the wine characteristics out of them. That's cool, you know, for a batch or two, but I think they'll wash out pretty quickly. Um, just to have a good wooden, solid wooden vessel to age some beer in a uh, wine barrel or uh, if you can get your hands on a clean oak barrel. Although the last time Larry was here, Larry Bell, uh, he was complaining that the smaller the vessel you lose, you lose volume to uh, evaporation or some shit. I don't know. Well, you get more exposure faster. Um, right. The the surface volume is is higher. Uh, do you do you lose more faster? Probably, maybe. I guess I don't know. Brian, chime in. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of experience with barrels, honestly. I, uh, no, I want to do want to do more with it. But like I said, I filled up. I have a limited amount of space that I set aside my house for my beer. My beer room, right? The beer storage. Mm -hmm. And it's actually one large storage room that uh, Amy's probably not watching, but, you know, it was supposed to be like half storage and half beer. And now it's like four-fifths storage and one-fifth beer. So I need to go take my room back. Um, but I got to clean up all of this. I got I to gotta, I gotta find a place to put, you know, six cases of KBS uh, if anybody local can help me out. Um, and... Uh, you know, a couple other cases of miscellaneous shit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ryan, I, I don't know if, if RG Trends is watching, but Ryan might find a, a couple cases of Old Stout on his uh, in his garage someday soon. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to give it away. Uh, yeah. Not really enjoying it. I think most of what I had has probably gone off too far. I think the 2018, I'm sorry, I think I've got two cases of 2018. 2018 KBS, just fine. Um, but I need to find somebody who can drink it soon. And I personally don't want to sit there and drink <laughs> two cases. Of if, you, if you can do that over the course of a day, man, then I think you win, like, beer drinker of the year or something. Like, yeah, right? you know like, what? Uh in that four-hour seltzer show, I opened <laughs> 15 cans uh, of random stuff, and that was not a good day. Uh, it was not a good time the next day. So, <laughs> I don't. That's that's kind of interesting. Like, you don't. You're not one to get hung over that often, honestly. No, I mean, I, I don't think I was. I don't think I was hung over. I was just not on my A game. It was, it Got was it. rough. Okay. It was a rough day. Uh, I, I do. I have a regime. Well, that can be a whole other show. What? What? When you drink a lot, you got to take care of yourself. You got to hydrate. Hydrate. Hydration is key. Um. So yeah. But I think Brandon earlier was giving me shit about finishing all of these. It's not going to happen. Y'all can get pissed off at me. I am <laughs> uh, a lot of this. So. I've got a, we were talking about it earlier. I've got a slightly younger beer. I wanted to sort of get, you know, old beer, mid-range beer, um, 
young. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to grab a slightly a, younger beer as well. Gonna, oh, shit. This is a 17. I thought it was a 19. I've got a 2017 bourbon counter, too. I was going to try to be funny and, and uh, grab the hams out of the fridge. <laughs> Age hams, barely. Uh, yeah. Wasn't somebody doing barrel aged seltzer? Is that New Holland? New Holland is doing barrel aged seltzer. It's a gimmick. Was, was Jordan drinking one of those last week? Is that yeah. why it's in my head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the I forget which flavor he had. I had the barrel aged cherry and it was it was okay. I mean, it's a gimmick, right? I mean it's New Holland and you know, all the dragon's milk kind of seltzer or uh, dragon's milk Can, thing with can I can I rant for a second yeah. on something that's been speaking of gimmicks? So, yeah. so, so if I make a sour beer and I dump like, like, I don't know, maybe one third to one half uh, its weight in like puree into it or something like that, and then you know separate it out and keg it. Is it a beer at that point, or is it like is it is it a cocktail? Right, because what's 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 a what's with liquor? What's a cocktail? <clears throat> Except liquor with other additions into it. With beer, when I'm dumping so many additions into it, what's what's the turning point? When when is a beer no longer a beer? When is it like a, a cocktail? I, I I'm with you. Uh, well, I, w- I want to know where you're going. I want I want to take this a little bit farther. Where are you going? Are you I'm saying, just curious. Are, are you are you are you angry? that because i feel some i feel some there's some underlying you know no, ir- i'm not angry here. because they're delicious i well, would drink the shit out of if i had free smooge for life what? or something you know it's a seltzer but is it just because they call it beer then you're like no this isn't beer sort of i think more it has to do with uh there's there's a certain so so for anybody not listening uh you should all listen to michigan beer pursuit it's another Michigan podcast. Um, two guys, uh, great show. They interview brewers. They talk about um, beer and stuff every week. More importantly, I think it's really fun to listen to them because every uh, week, roughly, when they put out an episode, um, they go over all of the beer that breweries around the state are releasing. Um, you know, since their last episode, and I've uh, I've sort of been paying more attention to it. And more and more and more, the beers that um, that breweries are releasing are like adjuncted in some way or another. Like it's it's always it's never just like uh, you know a brown ale anymore. It's a brown ale with chestnuts and vanilla and cinnamon. You know, yeah. which sounds delicious. You know, don't get me wrong, but uh, more and more we're we're, we're I don't know. Breweries are straying away from the, you know, straight beer flavored beer thing because it sells. And and so I'm not faulting them for doing it. You got to make what people want to buy. And right now people want to buy things that taste like they want to buy beer that doesn't taste like beer. And that's fine. You know, if that's what people want to drink, I mean, make your money, pay your employees, do your thing. This, this goes back to, uh, but is it beer? Like how, you had a you had a great post in the enthusiasts what like a year ago, uh, kind of calling out the same thing with the um, the sweetener adjuncts, right? There the the trend, and I think if I remember right, your your post didn't 
say it was negative to do it. It was just saying that typically on untapped, right? The sweeter beers are, are trending to the higher scores, you know, yeah. that, that when, when these places are, are re releasing these pastry stouts or, or these heavily fruited um, sours or, or things that have, you know, chocolate and agave nectar and maple syrup and all of these other things on top of lactose or with or without lactose, whatever that may be. Um, the sweeter beers are, are scoring higher. And the, I, I would agree, like the same trends are going with seltzer, you know, to the, the fruitier, sweeter side of seltzer, to these smoothie seltzers beers, um, you know, and, 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 and these, these heavily adjunct flavored um, styles. Uh, you're, you're right. It seems like everything that's coming out has got, you know, multiple uh, adjunct ingredients in it. But that's like a, that should really be a different, different show. <laughs> that would just be like a rant show. Again, I have nothing. I, I don't. I'm with you. I, I see it. You know, I can call out that some of those, like like you asked your your initial question, you know, like when you add fifty percent seltzer and fifty percent fruit, is it is it a beer anymore? And you know, I don't know. It's delicious. I mean, you know, if if it's if you're if you're looking for uh, you know, a fruit smoothie with a kick, it's awesome, you know. Yeah. But it's not beer. Uh I'm the opposite. I've been the one um I have been going back I drink more uh, American lager. I've drank more American lager in the last year than I have in my entire life. Sure. It's like, <laughs> I just it's, it's want It's cheap. It's beer. not super filling. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I just want beer. Like even all these stouts, it's like, and I, I started my like homebrew, my, my biggest, um, like my claim to fame in the homebrew world was stouts. You know, I, I've got a lot of medals for, my my stouts my bourbon stouts my fruit stouts like that's my thing i love stouts but lately i don't, I don't want any of this like <laughs> it's it's healthier to I, you know subjects i don't know it, it's you know 150 calorie <clears throat> hams versus you know this bottle of bcbs is probably yeah five six there ain't nine. nothing healthy I, about poison uh yeah. in any way shape or form but I'm going to drink it anyway because it's just one day a week. But oh, I'm yeah. Doing this, I'm doing this for you guys. <laughs> I agree. I think I uh, we got done with the seltzer show, and I, I don't think I had another beer until Thanksgiving. And even then, it was <laughs> it was like one. Uh, so, no, this is fun. Uh, you know, so let's, let me go back to it. So, so, cellaring, we talk about like why to sell or when to sell her how what to sell her or how to sell her yeah you know how do you do it are you taking special care or are you just throwing it in your basement so I, I wouldn't say special care i have a spot in my basement that um no direct sunlight hits and um that entire area of my basement doesn't have a uh like a heat or ac vent or anything it just that the temperature of that area is at the mercy of kind of whatever the weather is. And it really doesn't fluctuate more than maybe 10 degrees year round. It's probably like 65 in the summer and 55 in the winter. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I, I keep my beer. Um, and then I keep it in beer cases and I shove it under, um, 
uh, racks, basically. So yep. it's just dark and cool, and um, thankfully my basement, for the most part, is pretty dry. Um, yeah, and, and so it just sits there and becomes a you know a habitat for spiders to grow their webs in and stuff. And you know I'll, I'll go and stick my hand in to grab a bottle and upset a upset a nest, but it's fine. I I, um, I, I think it's funny. So my buddy Trent. Uh, big beer collector kind of got me into the collecting um, his basement was like a walkout you know so like the one wall of it was glass and, and he had I don't even know how many feet of beer shelves filled with cellar beer but he had every one of them he had like a you know a, a sheet of plywood in front of to, to, to create mm. like that dark space you know so like He'd be like, oh, you know, let, let's go get a uh, an old black note. You have to like, you know, pull all these boards back and like dig in to the, find this dark spot. <laughs> so it's, it's good. How, you have a room with no windows. And how much? Yeah, how much is overkill? I guess. Well, you know, I did. I watched the YouTube video. I wish I could remember who it was. I'll try to find it and put it in the link. Um, but I watched a study on on sunlight, the effects of sunlight on beer, and also the effects of of there was, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but there, there is a way that, you know, light struck beer, light struck is one of the fastest, most mm -hmm. noticeable off flavors. So they, mm -hmm. they actually showed that less than like 10 minutes of, of light exposure on a beer was enough to actually skunk a beer. Wow. So when you, yep. when you realize it's like that quickly, and you know, that was, I'm sorry, that was 10 minutes on a clear bottle. Uh, you know, of course, it was, it was slightly more time on a green bottle and then, you know, the best time on, on a brown bottle. But even the brown bottle, it wasn't more than like 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I think it's only like 70% reduction on green and 90 on brown or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, the, but, you know, so when you when you see how quick uh, light can really jack a beer up, then I, I, I don't I don't think that it was going too far. I, I but I, I I would actually go the opposite way and say he shouldn't have been keeping his beer in a room where he had it covered <laughs> up like that. You know, I'm with I'm with you and with Brian Bleer, like you mentioned. I have a room with no windows. It, it's a basement room and it's got two little tiny windows and they're covered. Um and uh you know the, the heat vents blocked in that room, uh it's kept closed. Um, you know, it stays at a pretty consistent sixty-four degrees year round. Um, you know, and even then I keep it, you know, in the bottom. Uh, of my shelves but man that video i watched i'm, I'm trying to remember there it was actually a scientific experiment because there was something that you could do to the beer that actually reversed uh the light struck flavor no oh, that's weird and Did i do like sonic vibrations or something no, that was a cool video though <laughs> that's another topic uh no it was like okay. it was uh, I'm gonna find it. Maybe it was a little. You're fine. Go find it. In the meantime, I guess we can talk about like uh, higher temperatures and, and beer and aging and stuff like that. So, um, and it's not really like a complicated topic, but um, uh, like beer oxidizes, right? When when it's exposed to oxygen, things happen. Uh, things break down. You get like off flavors uh, that you don't want. Um, like everything, uh, and it's, it's, it's chemical reactions and, and like everything that's a chemical reaction, generally speaking, um, at higher temperatures, things happen faster. That's just like the gist of it. 
the, the higher the temperature, the faster reactions happen typically. And so uh, keeping beer cool or wine or meat or whatever uh, are going to keep those reactions to a minimum as much as you uh, really can. I think uh, mid 50s is like ideal, but, you know, even up to like mid 60s is probably fine. Um, you know, once you start getting up to like 70 plus, I think that the, the rate of, um, you know, these, these reactions happening tends to, uh, really increase, which makes me wonder, um, what, what the conditions were, uh, where this expedition style was stored that we had, um, <laughs> you know, like my, my, my understanding or my best guess is that a lot of this beer was just stored out in like a warehouse, like, uh, like one of the downtown warehouses, yeah. you know, for, for years and years. Um, like back over by those the uh, original Bell's parking uh, parking lot across the train tracks there. I, I think there's just like a, a corner back there called like, you know, Larry's Cellar or something. <laughs> just like they, they did reference it multiple times, like Larry's Cellar. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's what they call the um, <laughs> they, they call the, the, the shelf in the, the store, like Larry's Cellar. Um, yeah, and, and and it was it was special, <laughs> just like those beers. To be fair, though, and I'll have to go back and find my notes somewhere uh, or another. But I think that there were one or two beers that were actually decently good for being as old as they were. So, it, it, for some reason, and, and and I'll stand by this: the cherry stout held up amazingly mm. well. Okay. Um, and I think we were drinking 2008 Cherry Stout. Um, and maybe we might have even had as old as a 2001 Cherry Stout. Um, and, and I remember that... Um, I, I remember the Cherry Stout just being, like, really, really great. Even we had some chocolate donuts or something. We ate it and they drank it with the chocolate donuts. Fantastic. I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah. So I found I found the episode, so I can't find the thing. Master Brewers Podcast, uh, episode 102. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that word at first. <laughs> oh, sorry. Masturbators Podcast. <laughs> Master Brewers Podcast, episode 102, talks about unskunking beer. Um, so there is, oh, it, I believe it's copper, just like the sulfate, right? Um, no shit. Yeah, huh. so that's right. It is. It's copper. So skunking beer creates a sulfite, a reaction that creates a sulfate in your beer, um, and you can use copper, uh, copper gluconate. Um, you got to be careful because you'll poison yourself. But yeah. you can get it in low enough. Yeah, you, you can do it in low enough volumes that it's fine to drink. Uh, it is a dietary supplement uh, hmm. at certain levels. And the other thing you can do, uh, just like a home brewer, if you ever homebrew a beer, and Brian actually helped me with this a while ago when I got on it, um, if you ever homebrew a beer where you're getting that sulfur flavor, usually from uh, stress yeast, right? Um, yeah, like H2S and stuff. Yeah, you can you can actually uh, dangle uh, copper wire in your uh, keg for just a ten minutes, half hour, um, and it, it'll it'll help uh, break down some of that that sulfur flavor and you can de-sulfur there. This episode is referencing one eighth milligram of copper gluconate. If I'm saying that right. 
um, one eighth milligram per one ounce beer, so it's one point five milligrams per bottle. An of eighth beer. of a milligram. Eighth of a milligram per ounce, so one point five milligrams oh, per bottle. Okay. Okay. Wow, that uh, seems like a lot, actually. Then one point five milligrams per bottle will unskunk your beer. Um, but that's it. Here, I'll link the. Uh, I'll, I'll throw Did you there. Say uh, one point what per bottle? One point five milligrams per bottle. Again, don't do not seventy. No, that's not okay. You're right. That's not that much. That's seventy-two milligrams per five gallons. So that's yeah. not a ton. Yeah. Okay. Don't 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 do this based on what we say, kids. Uh, here's the uh, here's the YouTube video uh, that references it, and they they actually reference a study done by uh, the Master Brewer Podcast. So um, yeah, sulfur with CO two. I think. Uh, there's different sorts of sulfur um, compounds that that um, that can be made. And I think like I think H two S. That it's like what hydrogen sulfide. I think it's one that um, it's one that that does not off gas with CO two as easily or something. I'd. I don't know because I've I've heard that too, but then I've heard that there's different sort of there there's like two or three different uh, you know sulfury eggy uh, sort of yeah compounds that that can that can form uh, in beer and cider and stuff like that, and they all have their own like unique way of of uh, of going away. The beer that I was doing it to was was one that I put a ridiculous amount of strawberries in. And like twenty-two pounds in a five-gallon batch, it was it was stupid. And I'm sure that I stressed yeast out. And I feel like I, um, I did heavy CO2 and CO2 purge um, and tried to scrub it and didn't get anywhere with it. Um, and I did put the, uh, I, I sterilized the copper wire, coiled it up, and hung it in the keg for a half an hour, and I felt like it got rid of a lot of it. Um, there's still some kind of uh, there. I felt like there was an off flavor to it, probably just to the strawberries, um, but people liked it. So I just went with it. Yeah. Yes. Stressing. Uh, so he's calling out, you get a lot of sulfur and homebrew cider. If you haven't found Fermo yet, um, man, if you guys don't have like a, you know, <clears throat> giant thing of Fermo sitting uh, yeah. at your house, like I highly suggest investing in it. Just the uh, apple juice doesn't have the nutrients the yeast needs to properly do its job. So you've got to give it that the nutrients, nutrient schedule on cider and, and mead, super critical. Specifically, Fermo is amazing. And so it's like a, uh, it's a, uh, it has no dap in it. Uh, so uh, it's uh, like pretty much completely organic source of nitrogen. Um, which is important because yeast, like inorganic nitrogen, it's like junk food. They will take it, they will eat it up very fast, they will generate a lot of heat, um, and you will get a quick but potentially uh, more, not more, but more risky uh, off-flavored, you know, sort of fermentation with with firm O or fermate O. Um, the the yeast gets a organic sorts of sort of sorts fuck source of nitrogen uh, mm -hmm. that they need and they consume it more slowly over the course um, of fermentation 
um, as long as you give it, you know, I think, I think their, their ideal uptake is within the first third, um, of fermentation, uh, they'll eat the shit out of it. They'll ferment slowly and healthily and steadily. Uh, you, you get way less off flavors, you get a, a way more healthy fermentation. Um, it's a pretty fucking kick-ass, uh, source of, of nutrition for my traditional meads. That's all I use. Um, for my my melomels, uh, I use Fermade K and DAP because I uh, like to assume that uh, the most uh, I, I like to assume that that my meads get a lot of organic nitrogen from the fruit. But the anyway, yeah, you buy Fermo, use it for nitrogen. Yep. Do it for ciders, meads, water. So again, there goes the topic. I know reason, how we jump from cellaring into <laughs> sulfur management into cider making. Uh, but no, this is, this is helpful. I, I think I, uh, you know, just to talk through it and, and to, to try some of these, you know, so, I mean, my, my takeaways from it again, to go back to it is, you know, really, really study what you're going to sell her. Um, don't just grab the cool rare beer, um, you know, maybe, maybe look at what adjuncts are in it. You know, if it's a coffee stout, be careful with it. Um, you know, and then, and try to plan your, um, your cellaring to maybe have a shorter or a more frequent sampling period, um, so that you can actually see what's happening with beer. Cause I think, uh, it's, it's a bummer, you know, it, it would be a bummer if I would have gotten to a party with this and been all excited about this, you know, great five year vertical at KBS and we open it and it's all shit. Um, so just cellaring for cellaring's sake, I think, is what a lot of home brewers wind up doing. Is you know, like you like you said, or I said earlier, is it's just when I start, everybody was doing it. You know, the enthusiasts are doing it, and I've got to collect all this beer. I got to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but be more careful with it. And if you're a home brewer, which I think most of our audience is typically in a homebrew space, sell your own beer. Um, you know, brew with the you want to help our advice. Reach out to us. We're not pros, oh, yeah. but we'll we'll come help. Uh, you know, sample your cellar and you know, organize your shit for talking about for the sampling. price of, of hanging out. That's a good segue. We will we'll happily do a, a Michigan Brews visit and uh, and drink your beer. Um, <laughs> but it is a good segue into we we do want to at least in the new year, if not yet once this year, we want to get into some more homebrew review. We want to we want to bring that in as a more regular segment. Um, in, in, at least in 2023 to uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, Brian, you're creating a, or you have created a pace on our, our website to sign up, right? Within the next week, uh, expect okay. a post on our Facebook page um, and our website will advertise it too. Um, it'll be a pretty straightforward <clears throat> sign up sheet uh, for, you know, homebrew review stuff. Um, if you're further away from us, then, you know, maybe like 15 miles or so, uh, we'll set up something with you to either get beer shipped to us or we can meet up with you. Um, if you're part of the club or in the Kalamazoo, Portage, Madawan, uh, Parchment, Vicksburg, whatever area. Southwest Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. I mean, shit, we can probably drive out to Grand Rapids, honestly. Um, yeah. well, we'll figure it out. We, uh, yeah, yeah, we'd like to do more. Uh, we'd like to try more of our, our local homebrewers beers. Um, we want to talk more about that. Uh, we are not BJCP certified. 
probably yeah. aren't going to get BJCP certified anytime soon. Next year, yeah. Right. Uh, but um, I think we, you know, the three of us all have been brewing for a while. Um, we've all brewed successfully in the homebrew space. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so I think that we do have valuable feedback and we just love to talk about your beer and drink your shit on air and, and talk about our local brewing community. So one of us has an NHC medal. <laughs> one of us does. <laughs> and it's just laying in a pile on his counter. Um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I can say between, between the three of us, right? We probably have hundreds of medals. I think we're in that space now. Um, you probably still have the the majority. I, I honestly think yeah, I only you're have. coming very very close, man. <laughs> this was a good year for me. I think I counted earlier, and I think I got. Uh, I think I have eighteen medals and ribbons this year through from various competitions. I got um, six. Okay, that's still really good considering you didn't brew a whole lot this year. No, I didn't do much this year. A, yeah, you had a busy year. Oh, yeah, six, good. which I think brings me, I might be just a little north of 60 overall. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to 60. I don't think I, I am. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to uh, catch up with you next year. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I get excited watching you, um, uh, <laughs> watching, watching you enter all these, um, you know, out of state competitions now, and you and Brandon, and, and just killing it. Mm -hmm. So I, wanna, I, I gotta get in on that. Um, which uh, I know Brandon got contacted. So Brandon and I won a K Dale competition last year before COVID, uh, where they were in a brew, two breweries were gonna brew our beers in Grand Rapids. And I think Brandon was um, gravel bottom. Maybe anyway, uh, we've both been contacted by K Dale. I think Brandon's actually been in touch with the brewery to, to brew his beer. Um, I won uh, Railtown, and um, I'm still kind of playing. I think tag with. I emailed them, but I haven't heard. I haven't been in direct contact with Railtown, but I think um, K Dale is trying to get the breweries to brew our beers um, sometime in January, February. Oh uh, damn, that's awesome! Tap early next year, so Brandon and I might be. Might be on tap then. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to do a brewery tour sometime soon here. That's great. Yeah, Brandon. What, what, what did you guys win with? So I won with my uh, Colombian grind, grind, my 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 coffee oh. stout. And I, uh, Brandon, since he's listening, he'll have to tell you. I can't remember. Uh, it wasn't your mango IPA, was it? I don't think it was. I'll give it a second. Um, yeah, I can't remember what Brandon won with. Uh, uh, cool, cool competition. A Citra, uh, Citra Mosaic IPA. Yeah. Right on. So K Dale, for those of you that, that may not know about it, it's uh, the Kent District Library, uh, and they do a, a they do a competition. They were doing it annually, um, where you had to submit a beer uh, with a literary reference because it's a library, and so you know each beer that we we submitted, we had to tie it. Uh, thematically um, to a book. Uh, and that go that's part of your score. It is. <laughs> it is. That, that, and, that tie in. <clears throat> and I still, I'll, I'll still stand by this. Like mine, I felt was, was pretty weak. Uh, my, my tie in to, to my book. 
Um, and, and basically my story there was uh, I, I, I brewed, um, I brew Columbian grind numerous times and, and, and it's a story I've, we've talked about on the show before. It's the beer that I've, I've brewed that's won the most medals um, and uh, and it's the biggest swing, right? When I started brewing, it was 18 and now it's in the, the mid 40s. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I, I, I repeated and I reiterated and I, I you know, grew and I learned from that. And, and, and so I tied that to a, a book, kind of like a Groundhog's Day book, where you're just kind of repeating the same damn thing over and over and getting like it until you get it right, right? I like that. So, yeah, that was my thematic tie in. Relatively loose. Didn't really have anything to do with a specific coffee style. I don't think it, it is at all, though. I think that's super cool. I think I really like that. I mean, you know, I felt I felt passionate about it and yeah. and, uh, and, and stuff, but it, it just, if I finish the story, you'll see that it won't yeah, and, and Brandon's going there, right? He says David should have won. Um, David Jones brewed a smoked uh, Roush beer, a smoked brown ale or whatever it was. Um, and and he tied it to Fahrenheit 451. Um, and he called it Fahrenheit 154 because like mm-hmm. that's his mash temperature. Wasn't the original and, gravity? And, and, or was yeah, it the mash temperature? I think it was a mash temperature. Okay. Um, you know, so he had the link there with the mash temperature to the, the 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 title of the book. It was a smoked beer. If you've read the book, you know, it's, it's about, you know, there's a fire theme, of course, and it's about a firefighter and uh, and some crazy shit there. And the smoke reference and like, so like David Jones's literary tie-in was amazing. Um Unfortunately, brewed a smoke beer, which all smoke beer sucks. So, you know, <laughs> uh, didn't have a chance. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, Porter, smoke Porter. Thanks. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, no, David Jones with his smoke Porter was the coolest uh, literary tie in that I ever saw. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, hopefully, Brandon and I, yes, it's about three books. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm stumbling. Finish. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling here. Like I've read the damn thing and I can't, um, I can't remember. Um, but David's tie-in was awesome. Uh, and, and I think mine was, mine was really relatively loose. Uh, but anyway, Brandon and I, hopefully we'll have our beers on, um, sometime early next year. We'll, we'll call it out when, when we have, uh, a closer or, or a more firm date. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I gotta get on brewing, um, for the 2022 season so I can start catching up with Brian. Speaking of, for all of you listening that are AHA members, and for those that aren't and uh, should sign up for the AHA, uh, I think they, oh, shoot, they usually have a Black Friday sale. Yeah, I, I didn't see one this year. I didn't see one this year either. I need, to, I need to go look. Um, but the National Homebrew Competition is probably coming up in... Gosh, I think we looked this up in a previous episode. I think that um, that that first round entries are sometimes due in like March or something. I'll have to look. But yeah, usually registration should open up in, in February, February, yeah. and um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> registration should open up in Feb, and um, and and then, yeah, you got to ship pretty quick. So if you want to participate in NHC this year, uh, you should be brewing 
the beer or at least planning that out like if you're if you're going to do an ipa or something um but most of the other styles you should be brewing it pretty soon here are my tips if you are brewing an ipa plan it out four weeks in advance exactly to start with um give yourself about 12 days to ferment and then uh, package at around the two-week mark keg it let it sit for about a week and then ship it and have it get there within about a couple days of the the uh the last day of uh shipping acceptance um i found that fresh ipas um just don't taste as good i think that ipas need somewhere between 7 and 14 days kegged really just to sort of balance and take off um Sell down yeah especially if you're not doing like a top draw um uh, um thing in your keg um and then the other advice that Brian should give is drink half of the keg first in that in that 14 day period <laughs> until you're almost out of beer to send to that competition. That way you get rid of all of the settlement, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah, if, if you're uh, if if you have a keg with a top draw, then you're okay. In, invest, invest, invest in top draw things for for your kegs. I, yeah. I highly recommend them. They're amazing. The uh, yeah, clear for, beer draft system. For, for other styles, um, though, you should be, you know, like, honestly, I need to get a Berliner Weiss going. I need to get, I need, I need to get, you know, another batch of Looper going. I think I'm already too short, but I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're going with some of the, the, the stouts, uh, you know, you should probably get, get them going pretty soon. Um, even some of the other, you know, styles or, or even hell bitters, I think are fine to get going now and let them, let them settle in and chill in the bottle for a while or keg. Um, yeah, I always, and I've been doing this, uh, homebrew competition circuit now for like seven years. And I think every year it sneaks up on me and I'm like, what the hell? And I, I always wind up, I think throwing something old in there just to fill in the entries that I bought. So Yeah. So next week we're back with the Rosses, right? Ripjaw Media. Oh, we are. I was I was thinking about that, and I wasn't sure. Ah, okay. So next Monday is also the South County Homebrew Club meeting, and I haven't been in a while. But at the same time, it's it's a little slow out that way. So maybe that's okay. Yeah. I think I think we need to drink with the Rosses before C Gump um, gets all drank up. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna be back hopefully next week with the Rosses, uh, and we're gonna drink C Gump IPA on air and talk about the brewing process that went behind that, and uh, you know, kind of what what we learned from it. Um, <laughs> And then I don't bad things. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not sure what's coming up the rest of December. Um, the week after the 13th, I won't be here. Um, so I can't do a show on the 13th. Um, but we should we should have something uh, at least on the 2027. Um, 
like a Christmas episode. Well, Christmas we'll, episode. we'll 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 figure out something. Seltzer four point oh. No. Jesus, no. No, I'm not doing that again for a while. Uh, deer jerky beer. Yeah. Reindeer jerky. Oh. We 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 have a a whole docket of episodes lined up somewhere. Um, we we met like half a year ago and, and lined up the entire year's <laughs> worth of like episodes. So. I know, like we we have some great seltzer. I'm sorry, uh, we have some great cider makers um, that are that we're, we're going to do shows with. Uh, yep. It was hard to get them on in this time of year because of cider season and 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 the busy craziness that they're doing. Um, uh, Kalamazoo Valley uh, Sustainable Brewing mm-hmm. Program reached out. They want to do a show. I think. January, January right? 17th yeah. or something like that yeah um so we're excited to have them on that'll be super fun yeah uh yep we're gonna work back into the homebrew review cycle um we've got some homebrew clubs uh that i've either talked to in the past or i know that i could um uh, you know convince them to come on you know like uh i'm sure i can if keith's listening then we'll get keith from craft maybe and i'd love to get them on and talk so we've got some homebrew clubs um, cider makers, Hungry Club, Kalamazoo Valley Sustainable Brewing Program. Um, we met and talked with the Fermentus group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to get them on. I don't know. We've got a bunch of shit um, for for 2023. Uh, I keep saying 23. <laughs> I'm just ready to skip right past 22. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff lined up for 22, but we should have a couple more this year. Um, I'd love to pull off a homebrew review show in December if people watching or listening to the show on post. Yeah. Uh, hit, hit us up. Uh, Michigan.brews.show. I'll, I'll, I'll work on getting our sign up page open. But yeah, in, in the meantime, yeah, by all means, email us or comment on this. Yep. Um, message us on Facebook. Or message us. Yeah. So, well, cool. I've got some stuff to dump <laughs> I so I opened up this Bourbon County a little bit ago. Oh, I, I didn't even know. Favorite. Yeah, it's, it's your favorite? favorite of the night. Yeah. So what far. year is that? Seventeen. It's not bad. I'm I'm gonna finish this worldwide. I've been sipping on through the show um, with the black note and the KBS. They're not gonna make it. So, well, cheers, everyone. Thank you for joining us and you know drinking your cellar beer or listening to us rant. Or talk about things you probably already knew, or whatever. But yeah, thanks for hanging fun. out. And yeah. uh, really, really, that's what it's all about. We we just appreciate people hanging out with us. So hell yeah, uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Cheers. Bye. Oh.